Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Wow. Wow. What a team. Thank you everybody for tuning in to this shoot pod here. This is GigPod episode 83. I'm Stevie and I have barely digested that game tonight. Unbelievable scenes. Unbelievable win. Absolutely massive for the players. Massive for the manager. Massive for the club. John, we've not got a script here. We don't know what we're talking about. We just said we're going to go on a podcast and rant about that game. It might be constructive, it might not. This might be the most ridiculous pod we've ever put out. I don't know, but who cares? John, what a massive three points. Uh, hi, everybody. Yeah, a huge one, a great one uh, for Celtic tonight under the circumstances. We're just a 10 men, no playing well. With so many players are injured and we had the, the guts to be there 97th minute. Anthony Ralston with that epic header. Undeniably our biggest win of the season so far and just biggest win yet. Thinking about last minute goals like that, that are just so not just so huge in terms of how what they mean, but psychologically we forget the three points. Talking about just how mentally massive those types of goals are. You know, when it just seems like the game's going to peter out, we're going to drop points and so certainly Rangers would have been seeing that, John, tonight in their dressing room. Seeing that there was six minutes into injury time, it was one each and we weren't looking promising or threatening or anything. It was going to end up dwindling away and it was going to be drop points and they would get a massive boost from that. And then that happens tonight. And I think from memory, it's a lot like Edward against Hearts 2019. I'm also thinking like Scott Brown against Hamilton, but like domestic ones only. The other two that come to mind. Rogic against Motherwell, John. For Park was a massive one. The scenes after that. Although that's different because that just felt like we were building on the invincible team mentality and that that team couldn't be beaten. Whereas, obviously, this Celtic team, 
they don't have that type of aura about them. But yeah, the, the other sort of three that I can think of in sort of recent memory, is there any other juice you can think of that are just huge psychologically, last minute goals? Uh, no, at this moment in time, because I'm under, the, under pressure trying to think of them. It did remind me of the Hamlin game, especially where we hadn't played well. We needed a bit of last minute magic by Bruni to get the job done. But no, I think tonight probably trumps all of them because of the circumstances we were down to 10 men. We had sort of ran out of ideas and it looked like we were going to drop two points. And that would have been a big two points because I think six points is a, a big gap. But uh, thankful that didn't happen thanks to the magic of Tom Rogic and Anthony Ralston, our most improved player by a mile. Just, he's already a hero. Made himself even more of one with that one, with that goal. But no, we're just a, a colossal win. Really would have been damaging for the team going forward, I think, if we dropped points tonight. I know there would have been mitigating circumstances with the team that was picked, but no, it was a gigantic win and loads of other descriptive words. To everyone listening, I did put John on the spot there because, as I said, we have literally not got a script and we don't have talking points. We just got together and said, John, we need to do a reaction to this. This was just massive. So I'll let John off there because usually Rizzo does his research and he's well-prepared. And that's what makes him a fantastic co-host in this wonderful show that no one will ever criticise, of course. <laughs> Thank you, bro. Um, anyway, that's where the superlatives end. But, you know, I guess we can talk about this goal for some time. Before we talk about other parts of the game and everything, and it's not going to be a, you know, our usual half-hour one, maybe a wee bit shorter here, but focusing just even on the reactions, John, I'm going to put you back in the spot again, but I'll take the pressure off you a wee bit. But the way you saw like, a, a wee mini pitch invasion after the goal... It reminded me a lot of St Mirren 2010. Paddy McCourt danced through a couple of defenders after getting a ball from Sean Maloney, who's going to be the incoming Hibs manager after Sunday's final. But Gary Hooper sort of stabbed at home. And the scenes after that, when we just didn't play well at all, but we found a way to win. And you just saw like, it was a pitch invasion down near the corner flag at St Mirren Stadium. And it just felt like such a huge goal back then. And that's what... When you're in a title race, John, it's wee moments like that, isn't it? It just all add up to hopefully getting bragging rights and winning the title. Every time Rangers sort of looks as if they're going to land a blow on us, we seem to always like recover. They would have been dying for us to drop points tonight. They would have been seeing it, John, and they would have been hoping that this was the game that finally, after the fact that we scraped through wins uh, in December so far, they were probably hoping this was the one, John, that from their point of view, they're going to get their comeuppance. It didn't happen. Honestly, I'm just so delighted that we got over the line with that. But yeah, it just reminded me a lot of St Mirren in the scenes after that. Can you think of any other ones where the fans have just went so delirious and a last-minute winner against a run-of-the-mill team that normally we should always be beating? Uh, Dundee United, the legendary Doogie game uh, when Hooper scored late on. That was when we're, the fans uh, went ballistic at the end of it. Understandably so as well, uh, a long time ago, now did he a gap up at Dens Park. That's uh, right. Neil Lennon's debut with blonde peroxide hair. <laughs> and there too, it's sprinkly mind. But I don't want to to 10 men in either of the games. And I'll say it again. <laughs> the uh, injury situation is terrible now. James Forrest, Mikey Johnson, Kyogo, etc. Jota, etc, etc. And to keep digging out these wins is testament to the players and the manager that they're up for the fight and it really was a 
a vital win. I mean, I know if we hadn't won, it would only have been six points, and that isn't insurmountable, but it's just like the optics of being able to dig out that win and keep the run going, and it's just going to give everybody plenty of confidence going forward. You know, when we went 1-0 up, John, through Leela Bada, um, it was a easy finish for him, but still, he was in the right place at the right time. It was very instinctive. thought Liam Scales reminded me a lot of Tierney with a... The way that he broke the lines and he cut the ball back when he was looking up to pick out a badder. I thought he did well and Cal McGregor with his positioning and the weight of the pass through him. It was a very well worked goal against like a stubborn Ross County side who weren't really giving much away. I felt when we made it one now. Really didn't expect Ross County to come back from that because I wasn't seeing anything from them. But then I do remember that as I posted out on my personal account, Ross County are one of the top scoring teams in the league. They've now scored well, it's twenty three goals, but before the game it was twenty two. And that's more than like Aberdeen, it's more than Hibs and it's more than Motherwell, certainly, which surprised me. So they clearly do have something about them. And when they scored against us tonight, we'll talk a wee bit more about that one too and where the threat came from. But focusing on us, I felt when Abada scored that, you know, we were missing a guy like Tom Rogic, John, who, when you see him thread the balls through for Kyogo, Kyogo's a player who's so mobile and his pace can take him away from defenders. I think Abada could have done that if he was on the end and more sort of precise through balls and more and more cutting-edge passes from their defence. And guys like Rogic recently, John, who's been on form, could have been the guy to do that, you know, to unlock Ross County even more. If we go in 2 up or something, the game's done, we can make more subs and we can take the foot off the gas a wee bit, although I know Ange doesn't like to do that. He always likes to play with intensity. But we didn't see that a lot in the second half. But aye. I'll move on to that shortly. But John, your thoughts on the first half overall and also where you shocked that Tom Rogic wasn't starting? When Celtic really in the now aren't in the luxury of dropping their best players because every game the now is, sorry to sound like a cliche, but it is like a cup final and tonight certainly was like a wee mini one for us. Uh, I was not really that shocked about Rogic because we need him for Sunday and he's going to be huge for us in the cup final. And I know tonight was in a way just as big, but I can understand why I gave him a bit of a rest. And of course, he came on with 20 minutes ago, and that was down to him, or half down to him, that we got that winner. I thought we were comfortable first half. We didn't really create many chances, but we weren't under any threat at all. I don't think Ross could even a shot and goal in the first half. So, no, I was uh, content with how we played in the first half. Obviously, it was a bit annoying that, as usual, we didn't get that second goal, but no, I was relatively happy with how we were doing. Well, I always felt in the first half, John, that we weren't at our best, but we were comfortable. And I felt, even though that Juranovic, man, I don't know, you know how much I like him, but his final ball was appalling. I mean, you've got a guy like Abada, right, who's not exactly a tall target man, and the amount of crosses that he just put in that were high and floated, like, common sense and that the tactic should be, John, for Juranovic and even Montgomery. Juranovic, to his credit, was getting into positions to put balls in. Montgomery, I don't want to criticise too much. He shouldn't even be in the position, John, where we're relying on him out there. And his development now should be coming on as a sub, making me appearances here and there. We just have to deal with it. So I don't want to go too overboard on him, but it's apparent how much we miss you know, guys like Jota. It's, we're crying out for his uh, trickery and invention on, on the left again. And we need him back badly, certainly for the bigger games we've got coming up. But yeah, with Juranovic, he really should have been like, fizzing the ball low and hard into guys like Abada. And, you know, it was just, it was poor decision making all round, wasn't it? From a guy that I don't want to criticise, but I feel like I have to here because I have to be fair about it. 
Yes, Steve, I totally agree. You're the man. Moving on to the second half, we're 1-0 up, John, and this is where me and you had a wee disagreement sort of before we started recording because I felt that our attitude in the second half, was, I felt we were quite lazy. We dropped off the intensity. I felt a lot of a passing. It was actually very passive. It was without purpose, and it just didn't feel as if we were looking to penetrate Ross County. It was a lot of very safe balls through the middle, and guys like McGregor, guys like Beaton, and Tumble, they weren't finding any men in Ross County. Well, so you can see gradually they were getting encouraged at how much we were giving the ball away. Now I'll let you have your say here and everything, but I just felt for the second half when he kicked off there was something not right about us. It was I don't want to say as if we thought the game was over and done with, but it was almost like you know we've been scraping by games that we felt as if yep all we need to do is keep it tight in the back. We don't need to kill it off, and that was the attitude I got for the team. But I don't think you agree with me. I disagree completely. I really don't know where you're coming from here. I mean, we dominated the second half up until they scored. We created more chances. Not, I think they were actually real chances, not even half chances. Um, like, up until they equalised. I, I don't know where you're getting at, I think. We're comfortable second half. We set out to get that second goal. We don't always do that. But we obviously didn't want to rest in our laurels tonight. I think we were more than comfortable until we gave away that goal. So I think you, you've got that wrong there, I think. this start the second half, we dominated. Ross County score. Liam Scales doesn't cover himself in glory at all. I feel Joe Hart could have been more commanding. And that's not something you can really... It's not a criticism you can really lay at Joe Hart's door. Because this season, he has been a big, big character for us. But I didn't think for the corner, he was that great. Generally, the defence were poor for it. Ross County make it 1-1. And then for there on after that, John, it was a real uphill struggle for us. Like it just seemed to knock the stuffing right out of us. And as I said, we have been scraping through games and I think the team in general had the mentality going, yep, we're seeing it out and that's all we need to do for this one. When Ross County scored, it was almost as if, oh, wait a minute, this has actually happened. Um, this is what was happening to us at the start of the season as well. Bad set-piece goals that we were conceding. And then flash forward a few months later, after we thought we've got it out of our system, Happens again. I was surprised. Well, you obviously you weren't surprised when equalised then. No, because I did feel something was coming tonight. I, I mean, look, I did say on Sunday I think it was going to be a tight two on one, so wasn't completely shocked when they scored. And as I say, they are you know one of the top scorers in the league, so they do have something about them. And I find you know you got to remember last season when we went to Dingwall, it was a set piece that undid us up there as well. No, we kind of keep comparing the this season and last season. We're, we're far better even with all the injuries. Uh, no, I, I was I wasn't shocked, but I was surprised that we gave away the goal because it just came out of nothing. As you say, Scales and Hart could have done better. I think it's more Scales' fault because he lost his man Baldwin. But no, I was surprised, and maybe it's not surprising with all the depleted squad that we've got that the reaction to giving away the goal was a bit flat. I think the players were sort of out of their stride a bit, so maybe that wasn't a surprise. But it was a surprise to me we gave away the goal in the first place. Maybe it shouldn't have been because I thought we were sort of calmed down or dodgy defending from the start of the season, but still got some things to iron out of the, for the weekend, I think. One of the things I noticed after the goal as well was like, it seems to be, John, when Callum McGregor isn't dominating and dictating a game. You know, you've got no one else in midfield other than Rogic at times, but there was no else in the pitch after that that could, you know, step up, take the game with a scruff in the net like McGregor has. McGregor, John, we've been over-relying on him at times, and I think he's had too much responsibility in midfield, especially to drag us through some matches. And today, you're looking for somebody else to do it. 
and it wasn't happening and only when Rogic came on really we looked a wee bit threatening again but that was one of the things I noticed that not everything can be on Callum McGregor all the time No, I think that some of the big players tonight uh, disappeared at times uh, McGregor to an extent the second half Turnbull I thought was poor except pieces for the most part uh, were, were pretty poor I don't think he should take free kicks for a while anyway I mean when we've no got the likes of Kyogo and Jota in the team were relying on them he drag us through these games I actually thought Neil Bitten wasn't bad uh, when he played but no I think some of our biggest players so I didn't turn up in the second half and it wasn't until Rogic came on that we started putting real pressure on Ross County again First off Carroll Starfelt has taken a lot of criticism on here but he's taken a lot of praise recently as well I think there's a bit of both with this one. I'm inclined to blame the referee more for the first booking and you know, I guess that in turn would mean that the fact that he got it wrong means the second decision really should have been a booking because there's no... Starfield gets booked or because he happens to moan to the referee for missing the fact that Jordan White elbows him in the face. It was clear he had blood all over him. John Starfield's not a guy that goes down for nothing. I mean, he's a big, sort of strong guy. He's a commanding presence we've got at the back. Starfield, when he was down, and he was down for a good five minutes or so, John, you know, when you saw that, it was like, you, you knew that he wasn't at it. He'd clearly been done there. And the fact that he was voicing his frustration to the ref, Alan Muir, great guy, of course, absolutely never been involved in farcical decisions against us. Alan Muir, just goes and books him, and it was just like a, it was just like a childish act from a, a childish man, shall we say? It was a poor decision. I mean, booting a guy for getting elbowed in the nose is ridiculous. And I think if we hadn't got that wonderful win at the end, people would be in more of an uproar over this than they probably will be because we won. But no, it was really, really daft. I mean, I don't know what the referee was thinking there. And then, no long after, he got that setting yellow. I suppose that one was. A booking, but it shouldn't have been booked in the first place. And they couldn't even go into the, the changing room after they get sent off because I actually seen him at the second half after they'd been sent off when he was, when we were taking corners, he was standing there with an ice pack at his nose. So uh, I imagine getting booked for getting elbowed in the nose. All in Scottish football, ladies and gentlemen. And I felt the second yellow card that he got, I wouldn't say he lost the head, but he lacked a bit of maturity because, you know, after you've been booked the first time, you should know, John, especially in this country, you give the ref any excuse, especially a an insecure man on a power trip like Alan Muir, any excuse, he's just going to go and he's going to be away and just give the yellow card out and send you off. And I think Starfelt, in that respect, made it very easy for him. But I still feel overall it was a joke of a decision. It was ludicrous. And I guess in the end, we've got the last laugh, but it shouldn't have ever came to that where we were down to 10 men for the last 12 minutes or so. No, it was a very poor decision, but let's forget about him and talk about the the wonderful scenes at the end. Yeah, just before that, I just when we went down to ten men, we actually I wouldn't say we played better, but we looked a lot more threatening. I mean, there was big gaps at the back, understandably so, with the way we play and it looked as if county could have taken advantage, but Seaman County went to a low block John, like we saw against Livingston. We found it hard to break down with guys like Jota and Kyogo on the team you know, really inventive players. But we didn't have any of those types of players on the pitch. We were down, a man down, in Ross County, I noticed, we will have every man behind the ball. But we were still finding ways to get by them. We were still finding ways to create chances. And I found that really, really encouraging before the goal. That was that the big takeaway I had before we talk about the, 
wonderful winner from Ralston. I thought, like, we didn't go into a shell or anything that was encouraging. And obviously the fact that Ange brought Rogic on showed that he was still going for the winner. And uh, rightfully so. So, I do have to admit, though, I didn't see that goal coming. Because although we had a lot of pressure, Ross County had nearly every player in the penalty box. And it was, we were still trying to do intricate passing. Which was a tad infuriating, like passing it through the eye of the needle still, which it wasn't the time for that at all. And sometimes it just takes uh, like a moment, a genius for Rogic, like just getting into the box to uh, get the job done. Ange has been criticised recently for making the wrong subs, but uh, Leverkusen, for example, and then Betis, we saw what happened after that. But then when he brought Rogic on, John, it was him that set up the winner. It was like a good floaty ball at the back post. And do you know his ball reminded you of the one that, do you remember El Yunusi against Aberdeen at Hamden last season? That was similar to that, Ivan. Similar, similar, where he just like sort of hung it up in the air long enough and it caused enough mayhem at the back post for one of us to attack. So El Yunusi did that day. But he did this on his right foot. And when Ralston sort of just, he got above everyone else. He was the desire and the hunger to win that. And John, you've been praising Anthony Ralston, so I'll let you do it again here. But a guy who was so maligned when he signed a contract in the summer, everybody thought <laughs> that the top beaks at Celtic had lost or not. This is a guy that was struggling to impress for St Johnston on loan, Dundee United on loan. You had a lot of the opposition fans saying, get this guy out of a club, he's a nightmare. John, Celtic fans, including myself, I did not see a future for this guy. And I was stunned that he played against, was it Livingston? last season one no it was a no no draw wasn't it um, that was his only game I and he was a pot I think he put in a ball for like Armstrong local flex but other than that he was really bad he just looked sluggish and unfit we fast forward to the way he is now we've already talked about his his transformation on Durange but just John the, the absolute hunger and desire to win that ball put himself on the line and get us the three points just it's not just the three, but it's just so huge psychologically, as I said, John. It's it's a massive, massive goal, and it just epitomises what Anthony Ralston's all about now. You've been so, so impressed by him this season, so you must have been loving it when he scored that one. I was delighted for him. He deserves it as well after his recent injury problems, but it was the will to win that he showed. That's like the archetypal silly thing that we got. We always saw when we were young lads back in the day, <laughs> That last-minute winner, the Wilty never gee up. I, mean, I think there was a Celtic comic history once called the Wilty win, and that was like all about how Celtic would go to the very last minute and never stop, and that's what it was all about the night. And in the right place in the right time, Ralston. And he wouldn't have done that last season. And just worked miracles with him. Like, even the first league game of the season when he scored that goal against Hearts, that I think freaked everybody's mind out. <laughs> it, was, uh, well, it was brilliant. I mean, I'm going to see it now, and fans, all the teams that I know listen, that, listen, that listen to this all uh, disagree, but he's the best uh, right-back in Scotland. So that's a, that's a wee message to some fans or some other clubs that I know listen to this. He's uh, exceptional when you consider how he, he looked completely out the picture at Celtic, as you said, last season he played one game. Now he's... The main man at right back, he's forcing Irons to play a Croatian international out of position. He accommodated Ralston because he's been so good. And he's added goals to his game as well. And that was a huge goal tonight. I would hope that he's in the team for Sunday because he's the sort of guy that could drive us on 
with his sheer spirit and what he went to win that cup. But no, massive for him. He's best one we'll get in a Celtic jersey. It's in hope for there's more, more of them to come. Well done, Anthony Ralston. Well done, Celtic. Well done, Ange. Well done to all the fans up there, I thought, as well, John, who were unbelievable tonight. They just backed the players, even at, when Ross County scored, when we went down to 10 men. The fans up there at Dingwall who made the trip were an absolute credit to the club. And they just, you know, they got right behind the team and they forced us over the line as much as any of the players did tonight. And they were all with each other in the park and you felt that at the end when you saw the scenes, didn't you? I am a mini pitching reason and everything. It was uh, a throwback to the glory days. I wasn't going to Celtic away games. It was something that armed all the time and wasn't something we could do for more than a year and maybe something that might not be happening again soon. So that is one that certainly everybody that was there the night would remember and I hope they all get pissed and enjoy a good piss up on the road back. And you'll be glad to know, John, that I didn't just politely applaud that. I went mental when he scored that tonight. I also shouted and exclaimed and gave myself a sore throat. I don't know if that's COVID-related, of course. But, uh, no, it was great. I just couldn't see it coming, but should have known better. It's Celtic, after all. Obviously, we've been talking about it, John, with the mood. It's just mad, isn't it, with the mood in the nation in the last couple of days. I don't want to make this the political podcast or that, but I do want to just say, personally, I've been feeling utterly scunnered, um, pretty down things in the past couple of days we know the way things are going John when we've looked at the figures and all that and that is just what football is all about isn't it it's not just about you know what happens in the pitch and everything it's the feelings of seeing that goal going in tonight the fans behind the stand but people at home and all that and just it can just lift you it was just a wonderful moment for obviously Celtic but just on a personal sort of level John when you saw the mood certainly in the nation in the last few days and what we've been talking about how Scenes like that could be at risk, and that's not what we want to see. But yeah, it just it took away all the sort of dread and the depression, didn't it? Just for just for a night at least, John. <laughs> Until the water, and we've even had to cancel our, our uh, my winning lunch or my winning dinner for the prediction competition because uh the unnamed disease that we won't talk about. But no, it was great. It was a right fill up to everybody. Because when you watch, I know we don't like to have the political discussion here, but when you watch the news, it's just a tad doom and gloom and worrying. And people in my family have had issues with a disease that we won't talk about. But no, as you say, we just forget about that for one night to glory and all that is wonderful about Celtic. You know, there's a couple of things to touch on before we go. John, the lucky body warmer. It was at it again. We won it again tonight. You wore it during the watching while watching the game. Is this yeah, I wore it on sixty-seven hail hail as well. Oh, I was uh, unfortunately I didn't see that because I was watching the darts. But but I will watch it uh, later on tonight, of course. Thank you, brother. But yes, the body warmer was worn. Even if I'm not at Celtic Park, I will wear the body warmer watching it on TV. Are you going to wear the body warmer on Sunday if you don't get a ticket? I think I still will. Yeah, but I reckon I'll be okay for one. I got a promising text today, so. I think it will be on display at Hamden. Even if Ange lets us down on the pitch with a tactical lapse, that body warmer, for some reason or another, will find a way to get us the, the cup. So I might have to self-isolate that day, so hopefully not, and I can uh, celebrate wildly instead of sitting in my room with six cans. So, only time will tell. <laughs> Just a wee shout-out to Stephen Cragen, who I hope is having a very miserable evening. You know... Up until tonight, I could always see why people thought Stephen Craig was a pest and anti-Celtic and whatever. 
you know, I was just to think he just maybe didn't have time for us because he suffered so many defeats against us as a player. But the hatred was ripped out on tonight. He was roaring Ross County on to score a winner. Like, practically, he wanted to go on the pitch when he made it one each. He couldn't hide it tonight. And just when we made that, soon we scored that goal as well when he ripped out with the, the cliched uh, part of, oh, nobody wants to see these scenes in football. Away you go, John. That is exactly the type of scenes you want to see in football. Stephen Cragen, I'm sorry to say it, but shut it. I've no idea what this is about because I didn't hear Stephen Cragen on anything. Uh, but... No, they are. These scenes are always good. And even if it's opposition fans, it wouldn't bother me because there's nothing better than celebrating a last-minute winner. So that's all I've got to say about that because I've no got a clue what this is about because I don't listen to Radio Scotland. And I was trying to watch the game and no listening to the radio at the same time because the radio would have been ahead. So that would have been daft. So there you go. That's my that's my uh, thoughts on that. John, you would never get to work in that Salt Bay restaurant. Do you know Why? Why? You're too afraid of beef. Not that they would beef. I, I just seen some people on Twitter going about it and I thought, all oh, right, it's another people moaning about journalists again. Journalists, of course, I will never criticise them. They do a great job. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, speaking of great jobs, Celtic done one tonight. It wasn't pretty, but it was great. And it's a wonderful feeling. It really is to get the three points tonight and what is going to end up being a crucial one when we look back on it. And we hope to look back on it in uh, joyful terms as we lift a trophy in May. Hopefully our second trophy after uh, Sunday's game, John. So, good luck to Celtic on Sunday. How do you think that's going to go? Give me a shoot prediction before we finish. Uh, I think we'll win 2 nothing. I'm going to say we'll win 3-1 against... Well, Sean Maloney won't be the manager of Hibs on Sunday, but I guess we can say good luck to him after Sunday because we don't want to wish Hibs any fortune whatsoever at Hamden. No, we don't. Uh, but I don't mind Sean Mullen. He seems like a decent guy. And good luck to him after Sunday. But yes, of course, good luck to Celtic on Sunday. And we should be back COVID permitting after that game. Yep, I will likely be on 67 Hail Hail right after it too. And then I'll sort something out with John. Hopefully we've got something very positive to talk about. And we're all celebrating another Celtic win at Hamden. But yeah, um, I'm Stevie, and I was on 67 Hail Hail tonight with Hamish right after the game. It was an immediate reaction. So if you want to hear a annoying loudmouth talk nothing but sense about Celtic, tune in to 67 Hail Hail. You can find them on YouTube just by searching, and we are the most recent video, which is always a pleasure to be on with Hamish and the guys. But yep, thanks a lot for tuning in, and also thanks to John. John has been patiently waiting to get this recording done. We're now at 20 past 11 at night, and we've had a couple of technical failures. Nothing to do with us, it's down to the software that we use that hosts it in the cloud, and I think that went down a couple of times. But, Gigpod fans, finally, we've got it done. We're just at the end of it all. Once more, thanks to everyone for listening, and John, again, I'm going to let you get to your bed in a few minutes after you say bye to the audience. (laughs) Right, thanks, Stevie, Uh, and yes, I shall be going to bed soon. You know what to get is by now on all the usual podcast platforms. Uh, you can leave us five stars and leave us reviews where you tell us how great we are. And uh, illness permitting and unnamed uh, virus permitting, we should be back after the cup final where podcast. If not, we'll sort something out anyway. But thanks everybody for listening and we'll speak to you all soon. Hail, hail.
Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.